This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Life as a Coder podcast series, brought to you by Ozark Institute, an initiative of OncoSpark, a technology-enabled revenue cycle management company, discussing your life as a medical coder, offering tips and advice for coding students and professionals. Join us every Wednesday. Hello and welcome to the Life as a Coder podcast. My name is Jennifer McNamara and I am your host today. Our goal is to bring you timely industry topics in the field of health information management, as well as tips for work-life balance. If you're a first-time listener, we thank you for listening today. And if you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button or follow us wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank our sponsors over at Ozark Institute. Ozark Institute is an initiative of OncoSpark, a technology-enabled revenue cycle management company. Well, how's everyone doing out there? We are, of course, in the month of April excited to see what spring will bring us. But again, we have to think about where we are, right? We're in the month of April. And what is the month of April? It is National Stress Awareness Month. And then every year, the first week of May is designated as National Anxiety and Depression Awareness Week. So we have these two kind of back-to-back, these areas of concern that we're trying to raise awareness for to kind of release that stigma Get rid of that taboo topic of talking about mental health because those clinicians that we talk to that you've heard, even just the personality disorders, and you talk to others, people that experience severe depression and anxiety clinically, they're going through things or bodies going through things that affect other parts of their body. And there are so many factors to this. So we want to understand it better. We want to know how we can cope uh, so we can have healthier lives, healthier families, and healthier uh, social environments. So when I think about all of the awarenesses that we are facing in these two months, it reminds us to always be cognizant of our mental health, doing something for ourselves, maybe to decrease some of that stress that we have naturally, or maybe we're having stress that's brought on us by external factors that we can't help, can't avoid, right? So we want to think of ways that we can limit that stress or relieve that stress by self-care, right? So I've had some great episodes. We talked, of course, about anxiety and stress and the mental health we face in the workplace. We have talked, of course, on the coding and billing aspect with risk adjustment and the social determinants of health. We have to constantly be aware of all the social factors that affect our health. And we had such a great, great conversation with Dr. Paul Sheasley. And I'm so grateful that I got to talk to him and get his insights from the clinical aspects of personality disorders and that we have to recognize as personality disorders and find a way to get through these problems, uh, get the therapy we need, get the treatment we need so we can be better humans, uh, better members of society, better husbands, better wives, better children. And we need to find a way uh, to resist those pressures that push us in those directions 
and that make us angry, make us unhappy. And I've talked about on the show what brings me stress, what brings me anxiety. So I want to talk about those things. I want to talk about the things that stress us out, that affect our mental health, and how we can find a way to get through those things. So today we're going to talk about stress relief, anxiety relief, and prepare ourselves for when these things happen ahead of time so we can deal with them better. The team at OncoSpark offers a unique opportunity to grow your career in the business of medicine through their virtual specialty conference series. The reality of attending conferences in person is constantly changing. We give you the opportunity to learn virtually from industry leaders in top specialties, such as obstetrics and gynecology, pediatrics, cardiology, oncology, and orthopedics. We present timely industry topics to help you navigate regulatory guidelines, best practices and coding, billing, and practice management from the experts in the field. Whether you are interested in becoming the go-to expert in your field, provide additional knowledge for your education program, or you're ready to dive into other specialties, we have you covered. We hope to see you at our 2022 events. So let's talk, first of all, about stress. What is it? Well, it's a response that your body goes through. Your brain is of course, causing all of these hormones to go everywhere, flooding your system, right? This increases your heart rate, expands or constricts the capacity of your lungs, and tenses your muscles, as brought out by one reference work. And before you know it, you know what's happening, your body is going to respond, and it's going to go into action. But then when it's done, that stress episode is over, it's off of that high alert that has been on, and returns to normal. So quite the range of things that your body is going through in one act of stress. And we know there is good and bad stress out there, so we want to think about the good and the bad. Now, it's a natural response. It helps you deal with situations. Um, If you're in danger, stress can move you into action, right? It can make you react, which is good because you want to get out of that dangerous situation. I know for me, like, I thrive on pressure, especially when I take an exam, for instance, when I take a coding exam, I feel like I do better under that pressure because I, I react to that situation and I do what I know how to do. My body and my brain knows what I have to do. And then, of course, if I go on a job interview, there's that kind of stress, right? We've all been on that, that end of things, that natural stress that encourages us to perform in that situation in a good way. Or have you ever been to a football game or a baseball game and we're rooting for that team and we just get so anxious and stressed out when it doesn't go our way? That's not necessarily bad. It's just a reaction our body goes through because we have all these feelings and emotions tied up in that event. But if this situation our body is going through goes on too long or becomes chronic, it can actually harm us. If it's a repeated constant thing and your body is going through this over and over and over again, you're going to develop what is called chronic stress, which leads to other things that harm your body. Things that in the mental health world, in ICD-10-CM, in our coding world, we know the guidelines for that. We know they exist and all of the variables we have to consider. We know from our research um, as coders and builders and, and as documentation experts, the things that are affected when it comes to substance abuse. Other unhealthy means of coping with the situation that we see in the mental health area of our diagnostic code book. And we see the other medical conditions that affect other body parts that are cause and effect relationship of that substance abuse. 
And of course, we see in our depression codes, we see the different options we have there to code, right? The different categories and different severities of that. And how sad when we spiral into that and then we burn out, right? And we have nothing left, it seems like. And then it leads to those thoughts of suicide and getting that far. How do we prevent ourselves from getting that far? And we know that not everyone is going to feel the same reaction or have the same effect. Many people can deal with stress, even very stressful situations, without having it lead to those things. Now, in my job, uh, when I look at documentation, I'm auditing or I'm doing education, the first thing I talk to people about is understanding the body, um, what the body is going through. And even when you're coding procedures or services, understanding what that physician or service provider is trying to accomplish. So I want to go back and I want to do my research on how the body is affected. And I know I'm, I think about my E&M brain, I'm always thinking about all the body systems in the exam section, which we still have to employ in some situations, right? Some services. But I think about the body systems that are affected by stress. So when I'm stressed out, I was like, what is my body going through? Well, the nervous system, for instance, you have hormones, which hormones are the root of all of it, right? Uh, we have adrenaline, cortisol is released. What does that do? Well, it's going to increase the heart rate, blood pressure, glucose levels in the blood, which will react to danger, right? That's, that's the body's response to reacting to danger. But again, if we have too much of it, too much of anything isn't a good thing. So irritability, anxiety, here we go, a lead into anxiety, into depression, um, headaches, insomnia. I'm telling you what, guys, the stress I've had in some situations, some brought on myself and some, of course, external factors, I've been irritable. My husband can attest to that. It's brought out anxiety. And now I suffer, of course, from clinical anxiety. I have to be on medication. But those are things I can't help at this point in my life. But the headaches I remember, I remember not being able to sleep many times having restless nights. Maybe you have felt the same. I've talked to some of my coworkers and those in my field that have gone through certain things and their jobs can be stressful. And even at that level, they're experiencing some of these symptoms, which is, you know, one of those cause and effects, right? The musculoskeletal system. And I always think about that because, of course, I'm in the world of orthopedics and that's what I teach. But think about your muscles, right? What happens when you're stressed? Do they tense? Yes, they do. And that's a response that protects you from injury. You know, you're trying to prevent your body from getting injured. Um, but it can lead to other things like your body might ache, you're going to get pain in certain areas, um, muscle spasms, which has happened to me before. When I've had a panic attack or stress and anxiety, my body just goes through these, these reactions that when I first experienced them, didn't really understand what was happening until I dug a little deeper and learned a little bit more about the body's response to this. And then what about the respiratory system? Of course, the breathing comes into play, right? You breathe faster. More oxygen's coming in. And then, of course, hyperventilation, shortness of breath, the panic attacks, as I mentioned, uh, if you're prone to those, which I am now. Uh, because of some of the situations I've dealt with or a trauma that I experienced, I can't help it now. My body is reacting. And sometimes it has these thoughts or memories of that traumatic event. And now all these emotions are just flooding back in. All the hormones are being released and causing havoc on my body. And then, of course, we talked about the heart earlier, but yes, you know, the blood vessels, the heart beating faster, the cardiovascular system is trying to distribute all the blood it needs throughout the body. 
We have a lot of things going on, which also can lead to what? We know high blood pressure, eventually possibly a heart attack or a stroke, which we don't want. And we know heart disease and, and strokes, it's a common um, in, in many age groups, but we know there's been increased awareness in women. So, you know, think about that, you know, when what that does to your body. And of course, we know the endocrine system is where our glands produce those hormones, like adrenaline and cortisol, to help us react. But again, too much of it, we could deal with things like diabetes, we could have a lower immunity to certain illnesses. And we definitely, nowadays, we know the last two years, having a low immunity is not a good thing. We want to we want to be immune or build our immunity to certain things. And of course, sometimes we have mood swings out of the norm that we as women, women have, right? Uh, but whether we're male or female, it can affect our mood swings. It can affect the way we react to situations. Um, we often have a connotation to, to say mood swings in women, but... Men can also have uh, mood swings or they can also have a reaction to stress in their emotions and the way they react or respond to things. And of course, we know our hormones also affect our weight gain or weight loss. So those can be a factor. Gastrointestinal system. How many times have we felt just sick to our stomach when we're stressed? And our body is trying to process things, but too much of that stress is affecting some of those organs as well. And leads to other complications that we might have. And those, of course, that are thinking about maybe having children. Or we know certain times of the month as a woman we deal with things. And that can throw our whole body off balance. The reproductive system can be completely thrown off balance with different things. And we may wonder, why can't I, can't I do this or that? And it could just be those organs, those parts of the body... Uh, of being affected by stress. And that throws our body into so much turmoil sometimes. So we think about all of these things. And of course, we mentioned how stress can lead to anxiety. And we want to avoid that at all if we can, uh, especially if it goes on for a long period of time. We want to make sure that it's not long-term stress leading to anxiety. But many people try just to find meaning in life and uh, try not to increase their anxieties by adding to them, right? So we know that Sometimes we just have to live one day at a time. That's what I have to tell myself sometimes. I'm like, today is enough to handle. Tomorrow's going to have its own problems. So let me just focus on today. And I know that I'm going to have to deal with tomorrow. But for right now, today is what I can handle. And even if it doesn't turn out my way, the way I expect, I have to learn that that's just what happened. And I'm going to take that moment and learn from it and maybe try to uh, make that mistake again if it was something that I brought on and realize that the situation I'm in is unavoidable. It's inevitable. I'm going to feel this way, but deal with what I have right now and then maybe I can uh, fix any future issues when they come. And I don't want to be perfect. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but it can be easy to think that way, especially in the work environment, in the corporate environment, if we're in that and we're just had so many unreachable goals put on us or Maybe we're told that we have to be perfect and they expect perfection of us. But that's a really unrealistic goal to put on someone, isn't it? Um, we have to realize that we don't have all the answers. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be able to reach unreachably high goals. But when it's set maybe smaller goals for ourselves, things that we know that we can attain, take into consideration all of the things that we deal with. For me personally, I'm a mother. I don't have children, which adds another level of anxiety and stress sometimes. So I know what I personally can handle, 
But then if you're, you are a mother or a father or you have that in your life, that additional concern, you have to know what you can handle, right? And we all deal with negative emotions. I know personally, I've mentioned this before, some of the negative things can come back. When you have a panic attack, that's usually because of a, a memory coming back on you from something that happened maybe a couple years ago. But know what stresses you out and then make a note of what the response was. You had this stressful event that you had you just went through and you had all these thoughts that came through your mind. How did your body react in that instance? Take note of those things. And I remember before I had this stressful event in my life, I was not a very orderly calendar appointment kind of person. But after that, I had to. Like it was like my body went through such craziness. If anything out of my routine got changed or anything. I I went through this this period where I had to have order all the time. But we don't want to go to the extreme, right? We want to be able to be flexible in our in our situations in life that come up. But having some kind of order in our life does make it easier to handle stress. Um, so maybe if we are te- have the tendency to be a procrastinator, that can lead to a lot of unfinished things in our life, right? And so Sometimes making lists and being orderly can help. So reminding ourselves of the important things that need to get done at the time they need to get done. So then when maybe a random thing comes up, we have gotten the important things done right and that won't stress us out. We can deal with now this random thing that popped up without feeling like, oh, I haven't taken care of this yet, right? And for me, like I know financial problems can have crept up in my life with, you know, over 18 years of marriage and and dealing with different jobs and different work lives. But working a lot and being a workaholic can deprive you of some of the most important things in life. And so I have tried and striven to the last several years to learn from those mistakes I've made and learn from the errors in judgment that I've made and realize that life is not about work and money. We need those things, but we can't ensure happiness and success on just those things alone. So we have to have time for ourselves. We have to take care of our health. And it all is a circle, right? So we think about how stress affects our body and our health. But if we take time to take care of ourselves and do the things that our doctor tells us to do, right? To get plenty of exercise, to eat right, avoid, avoid those things, those stressors that may cause harm to us. And and who doesn't remember all of the information that we get regularly on the damage that smoking, drug, and alcohol abuse can have on the body? So we don't want to let those things come into our lives and make us unhealthy, robbing us of the health and maybe the hard-earned money that we have (laughs) attained, right? And talk to your doctor. You always want to talk to your doctor about the stressor you're having and if it's becoming overwhelming and ask them what, what you can do. Always go to your doctor. You can listen to a podcast like this and get tips that are found in you know, medical journals, but definitely talk to your provider, your physician about what is stressing you out because you have chronic conditions maybe or other things in your life, other health problems that can be affected. And so talking to your physician, maybe you have to go on a medication, maybe you need to come off of one. Those are things you have to discuss with your physician. Now I want to kind of shift gears here and talk about something that we deal with in the medical profession, right? We're trying to improve our lives, improve our career. So maybe like I mentioned earlier, you're going to take an exam and you know that normal stress that comes with taking an exam, prepping for exam is going to be there. But what if you are a person that already deals with clinical depression, anxiety, 
chronic stress and you're at a different level, right? And you're trying to comprehend some of these things. And for somebody else, it's coming so naturally and so easy. But how do you learn to cope with these situations? And how do you overcome those feelings and still take that exam and feel confident in your ability to succeed? Over the years, I've been asked many times by individuals who deal with these things, how they can get through this exam that they've heard so much about that is long and extensive and draining, right? So we decided to put together some tips for you, and we're going to put those in our show notes. Um, We've talked to several educators and those that have had students that have had similar experiences and and some suggestions that have helped them um, as they've tried to maneuver through these situations. So I hope that's helpful to some of you out there. And I've been getting lots of questions about the final rule. As we know, April 1st, this is when some of those exciting updates we've been waiting for go into effect. And since we're talking about mental health, I wanted to highlight the behavioral health area of that final rule, which authorized Medicare payment for telehealth services that were given for diagnosis, evaluation, or treatment of a mental health disorder on a permanent basis, which will occur even after the public health emergency will end. And so I encourage you to look over at that final rule, some of those elements that took in the aspect of uh, telehealth for behavioral health services, and really review that. And especially if you're a behavioral health provider or you're one who bills or codes for that, I just understand even as a patient, if you need assistance uh, for this. Now, they are permitting the patient's home to be a qualifying originating site for telehealth encounters if it has to do, right, with the diagnosis, the evaluation, or treatment of a mental health disorder. And it has, of course, be in line with the requirement that is outlined there for that home environment. Now, one thing we want to understand is what is that home environment according to them? How do they interpret that? Well, if you look at the end note, number three, they defined home for the purpose to include the patient's home, other temporary lodging, maybe a hotel, homeless shelter, or et cetera, wherever you reside, right? Or somewhere that you travel for a short distance to obtain privacy or for other personal reasons. And I really did like uh, the information that they mentioned about mental health services because we know it's a very different environment than other healthcare services that need to take place. So other than most other services, when it comes to telehealth, mental health services really revolve around verbal conversations, right, between the patient and the provider. And maybe visualization of the patient is less necessary. Although in some instances, when you talk to a mental health care provider, they do want to visualize that person at times um, so that they can see some of the way they they respond and maybe their facial expressions or gestures might have some bearing on their treatment. So it depends on that. But they are relaxing some of these guidelines in an effort to help people get the therapy that they need. Um, So we're going to have this ability to continue some of these therapies in the home or or in a telehealth environment, which is good for... uh, the atmosphere needed when this is necessary for certain situations and and some people who just cannot get to a physical location to get the therapy that they need. So I encourage you to review that final rule, 
review some of the criteria involved uh, as we go forward through the PHE and then even beyond, and look at the coding guidelines, look at the reimbursement for each payer, understand how to get paid for these services because getting paid for these services is so important. When we think about all the things that the payments can do for these patients, it's not just about the provider, it's about the, the continuation of these services, allowing that reimbursement to flow so that patients can continue to get the care they need uh, and we can continue um, to improve in our mental health. And I really hope that these last uh, four episodes on the behavioral health crisis have shed light on this subject and really help people to look deeper into this area of healthcare that is so needed. And I hope that um, we'll continue to talk about this and not be afraid, not just push it aside as a taboo or unimportant topic. No matter what part of our bodies are affected in healthcare, we need a qualified physician or healthcare giver to help us with these areas, whether it's mental health, physical health, any kind of ailment we have, we want to convey that um, in the healthcare industry, that it's all important. It's all going to help us to be healthy individuals. Well, I want to thank you for joining the Life as a Coder podcast. This has been Jennifer McNamara. And you know, I always say knowledge is power. The knowledge you gain today makes you powerful tomorrow. Never stop learning and never stop growing. I want to thank our sponsors over at Ozark Institute and OncoSpark and my amazing podcast producer, Gabriel Fast with Highland Productions. Until next time. Thanks for joining the Life as a Coder podcast. Please feel free to rate or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate that effort. It helps us share the show with other healthcare professionals just like you. Join us next Wednesday for another episode. We'll catch you then.